Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I just want to start by saying... Okay, what is going on with Survivor? I haven't watched this season, and all I saw was your tweets about this episode. It seemed like the most WTF episode of Survivor for you. I'm going to just try real hard to focus today. (laughs) (laughs) But as as the cool kids are saying, I am shooketh. Wow. For Survivor? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Now, is this a game changer? (laughs) No, this doesn't give anything away. I texted somebody. These are three consecutive texts. What the f*** did I just watch? Like, the entire thing. (laughs) The entire thing was so f***ing whack from start to finish. And all they said was, I know. (laughs) Is that a good kind of whack or a bad kind of whack? I'm I'm really curious. I don't know anything about any of this. So Somebody else said, are you watching this? I said, yeah, holy And they said, oh my god, so dumb. And I said, I can't even. And they just said, (laughs) so dumb. That explains it, okay. (laughs) So, like, there's so many, so many dimensions of whack. (laughs) It's like, it's ridiculous. I'm, what? (laughs) Was it layers of whack on top of each other? Oh, yeah. There were, like, production whackness, player whackness, all the whack. Wait, it's rare that there's production whackness. What? Just tell me what happened production-wise. The reward challenge was literally, I'm not being hyperbolic, literally the worst challenge I've ever seen in my life. On any version of Survivor I've ever seen. <laughs> That's a super low bar. And coming from you, this is bad. Considering the team that's doing the challenges is the <clears throat> same exact team that's been doing challenges for 30 five seasons yeah what (laughs) (laughs) they had a challenge one time where they literally had to fly kites and see who could keep their kite up the longest and that's not the worst challenge tonight's was the worst challenge okay just tell me what the challenge was they pulled marbles out of the bag (laughs) what literally luck the entire Not like an element of luck determining an order, not like an element of luck determining stations. It was literally just pull marbles out of a bag and hope you get the right color. That was the whole challenge? Yeah. Do you want to know what the reward was? A brand new car! No, but that would be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) What was it? It was the family reward (laughs) no they left the family reward up to luck no (laughs) you give them a hard challenge so they work to see their family that's the whole point thank you (laughs) (laughs) doug i don't want this whack to influence our power rangers survivor season three Oh my god, you have to finish this season. Okay. Before we do Power Rangers Survivor 3, if only so we can like rip into this <laughs> for like 10 solid minutes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's trash. <laughs> and now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay 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 ay, it's the Ranger Command Power Hour. 
Today on the Power Hour, episode 106, Rangers Review, Power Rangers Ninja Steel, episodes 18 through 20, recorded on December 6, 2017. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four Eyed Radio Network. Sound Ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as TrekkieB47. I'm Doug, also known as Ikibuli. And I'm Derek. Today's podcast is brought to you by Gamefly.com. Sign up for a premium free 30-day one game out trial, specifically for our listeners at GameflyOffer.com slash Ranger Command PH. Hey guys. Oh hi. How is it going? How was your Thanksgivings? Good. I have nothing to say. It was non-existent. <laughs> Mine was pretty low-key, too. I didn't do actual Thanksgiving on the day of, but I did Friendsgiving last weekend, and that went really well. So. Oh, I was so jealous I saw it. <laughs> oh, cool. So, welcome, guys, again. Hey, thanks. We are going to wrap out... Wrap out? Wrap up. Wrap up and wrap <laughs> out this season <laughs> of Power Rangers Ninja Steel, and... I really liked the last time that we reviewed these episodes. It was a good conversation, and I'm actually really excited to talk about these, because welcome to the season finale, as Cosmo said. (laughs) Yes. We've been waiting for this all season. (laughs) This season's finale will be one to remember, according to Galvanax. (laughs) It's too meta. It's too meta. Yeah. Uh (laughs) One time would have been fine, but not like... I think it was like four times. I literally think it was like four times at least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get into all the craziness of the Ninja Steel season ending, we've got some pretty exciting news items here. First off, Boom Studios announces Power Rangers Shattered Grid. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> It's the biggest air horn announcement that you could have. (laughs) So, this is the big comic crossover event that is kicking off the 25th anniversary in March. We're going to have this amazing collaboration called Power Rangers Shattered Grid. It's going to span all of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger comics saban's go-go power rangers and they're gonna have two special one-shot spin-offs for this shattered grid event and it will kick off in power rangers 25 run by kyle higgins and daniel d nuculo it'll be march 21st 2018 which is like almost a year that the power rangers movie had been released and that's crazy to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's crazy how much time flies. For real. Yeah. It's so top secret that every issue is going to be sealed in its own black poly bag to prevent the shocking events from inside from being spoiled, according oh to the Oh, my reads. God. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to have the return of Lord Draken. No shocker to anyone because they just kind of left him hanging off that uh, (laughs) precipice and then he was surrounded by people. So this is just the continuation of that. But he will return with a newly reformed deadly army that threatens the existence of 
every Power Ranger ever. Hmm. The Power Rangers will join forces with popular faces and teams from all across the franchise's 25-year history, an event never seen before. Kyle Higgins said that Power Rangers Shattered Grid is a massive event that's both a celebration of the property and also the largest comic story I've ever tackled. Lord Draken's plan is so much bigger than our Rangers, our world, and even our universe. The grid is shattering. Every Power Ranger in all of existence is at risk, and it's going to take more than just the Mighty Morphin team to stand against Draken's armies. That's like the greatest quote that like any uh, <laughs> fan could ever wish for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Very it really specifically, is. it's going to take more than just Mighty Morphin. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, guys. We hear it's, you, it's, Kyle. It's not going to be the other one. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We hear you. <laughs> it's amazing. And I couldn't believe that this was also going to be incorporating go-go power rangers and we've got a quote from ryan perot the writer he said the key to incorporating go-go power rangers in the power ranger share grid was making the story integral to the event while never losing the personal stakes of the series and we're doing that in a really exciting way a fan favorite ranger from the future is going to arrive searching for Draken, and end up dividing our team in a very personal way. Thematically, Gogo has always been about examining the past in order to understand the future, and there's no clearer way of doing that than smashing them into one another in real time. Do you ever, like, watch a movie and then get to the end and you're like, oh my god, it all makes sense? Yeah. I feel like reading these quotes is exactly that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It doesn't seem, you know, like, a lot of crossover events, like the big, like, DC and Marvel ones, they always seem kind of, like, a little little bit forced. Like, you have to throw in something just for the sake of having it. But it seems like they kind of knew this was going to be coming and at least, like, sowed a lot of the seeds for it. And then I like the idea that, like, in the Go-Go Power Rangers, it is very based in how it is thematically rather than it just a few plot threads you know what i mean like that seems really smart yeah it's almost like they didn't fully jump on board to gogo until they realized exactly how everything would tie together yeah that's pretty cool And so we had no idea Mm -hmm. it was coming and it's just like oh yes it's really neat and plus we don't even know what the two special one shots are gonna be Mm -hmm. and that's gonna be awesome because typically we get the annuals for the past two years and those have been pretty good with you know their own stories but to get a specific one shot issue that's maybe the size of an annual which is even bigger than a regular issue just dedicated to shattered grid yeah i want to pre-order these all right now (laughs) seriously for real yeah so Here's a thing about the cover situation. The Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 25th issue will be shipped with six main covers illustrated by Gianni Montes, who did like those helmet covers. Mm-hmm. Well, they're coming back. And yeah. it'll have Lord Draken holding one of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger helmets, and they're all broken up. And they're going to be 
uh, randomly assorted in equal quantities. Nice. I love that. There's going to be also variants from superstar artist Humberto Ramos from Amazing Spider-Man, Jordan Gibson from Howard the Duck, and a stunning wraparound cover featuring every Power Ranger ever by Scott Koblish of Deadpool. And that's the big one that the fandom's losing their mind about because <laughs> there's so many different errors. And even though it says cover art, not final. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I love it too. Yeah. I get the complaints. Like a lot of the mistakes, I guess, are kind of silly. And the art is a little bit. I think people didn't expect it to be so cartoony the way the style mm-hmm. is. Or I guess as stylized as it is. But I just love like all the detail in it too. Even though some of the details are wrong, they also threw in rangers and kind of like faux rangers that I wouldn't have even. If I was doing it myself, I wouldn't have even thought to throw in like the Mighty Morphin Mutants and even like the A A Squad and things like that. It seemed like they really did their homework, which I like. Yeah, there was even these like funky characters on the bottom. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't even remember who those guys are. I don't either. Apparently it was a bigger deal in the Sentai Car Ranger, but they did show up in Turbo. It was like a monster team of Rangers and they were like these funky alien guys. Hmm. So, I guess it was an episode of Turbo, but in the Sentai, they were, like, a bigger deal. Like, they had their own fake team name and stuff. And I was just like, man, that is such a deep cut for them to pull out for a, a variant cover. So, I can look past some of the stupid mistakes if we're getting this super massively detailed thing. Yeah, my guess is that someone someone did really good research on it and then gave it to the artist who, I'm assuming the artist probably just isn't very familiar with Power Rangers, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. and so they were just kind of working off of whatever was whatever information was given to them, and then that's probably why you get like really intense detail, like kind of contradicting like these little mini mistakes, which I sure. imagine will probably get fixed by the time we get the final art anyway. But I like the idea that someone really did obviously put a lot of effort into it, regardless of how the final product ends up looking. Someone like really, really tried really hard, way harder than I probably would have doing something like this. So that's I appreciate that. Oh yeah, me too. And I want two of this variant because I want to like flan one and frame it. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> because it, it'll be a wraparound cover. So yeah, I'm thinking flan that sucker, put it in a frame. You got your Power Rangers art. The only thing I didn't like, and that was it's a stylistic choice. Is everyone has like flat karate chop hands? Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Someone was like, "What's with all the karate chop hands?" Like, no, no, no. Yeah, it's an odd stylistic choice. I'll give it that. I like the concept of it. I like what it is meant to be rather than what it actually is. You know what I mean? So, sure. Yeah. But I was like, oh man, there's Shadow Ranger. There's Dio Gold. But yeah, when I saw A Squad, I was like, okay. i'm gonna clap for that one right but here's what i'm thinking because there's a lot of like evil power rangers in this cover too like the the clone teams and the robot teams and all those weird stuff i'm just speculating here but what if lord draken's armies that they're talking about what if he's brought back all of those evil rangers from across 
the Power Rangers history. That would be absolutely wild. That's a cool idea. Especially because some of those really, really early evil Rangers are just, like, so awful to look at. (laughs) Yes. And it would be so funny to see them faithfully, (laughs) faithfully draw them. (laughs) Like, they show up in the comic and they just look like garbage and you're like, yes, Uh. that's the garbage I was waiting for. I want Zed's Dark Rangers to be a thing. I love them so much. They're like my favorite bad suit designs like in the history of everything. And they were on that cover too, which was great. Oh yeah. This might be a pretty dark storyline because it sounds like they're really going for the drama here. But I would just love a couple throwaway comments like, wait, these are just our suits with the colors reversed or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, what is with these guys? <laughs> That would be awesome. And I guess I forgot how many different copies of Mighty Morphin suits there were. (laughs) Yeah. Because most of them are only, like, real quick throwaways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Super quick throwaways. But I don't know if you guys noticed this, but there's, like, Boom Comics Rangers in there, too. Like, ones that they've created from their own comic book series. I did see the pink-infused Rangers. That's neat. The pink-infused rangers, on the left-hand side, there's the bulk and skull rangers from the little (laughs) two-pager in the back. (laughs) And what was the other one I saw? There was, um, I think they had the 69 rangers in there, too. I gotta double-check There was a red Mighty Morphin with a skirt, I'm pretty sure, so I think you're right. I saw Lord Draken sentries, like the yellow, the pink, Mm. and the red sentries in there, too. So, the fact that they're not only including pretty much everything from all the TV shows, they're including stuff in their own universe that they've built up over the past two years. And that's just amazing. Boom Studios, if you're listening, give the Hyperforce Rangers a cameo. Huh? <laughs> they're official. They're canon. They're official. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I am... Super excited about this upcoming event. I've been faithfully collecting these comics since the beginning, not just because I'm a a fan of Power Rangers, but I genuinely love the stories. I love the artwork. I love everything that Boom Studios is doing. And to me, sometimes it's even more entertaining than the show itself. I don't even think it's controversial to say that it's almost always better than the show itself, but the Boom comics have, like, spoiled me for reading other comics. Like, Derek, you know I've been reading, like, 90s Spider-Man comics. Oh, yeah. And, like, oh, my gosh, I read those, (laughs) and I just, like, I just need Power Rangers comics because they're just so bad, and Power Rangers comics are so good. To be fair, (laughs) Spider-Man 2099 is kind of a low bar, but, yeah. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) it's bad. I've seen some of your pictures from Spider-Man 2099. I was like, man, I never want to read that because that seems like complete trash. It's like, I almost wish that you could read it with like blacked out panels so you could like just get the story and not have to look at the terrible faces. Oh, sure. But you know who never has terrible faces? Boom Studios. Good job, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I cannot wait for more of this. So, moving on, and this was announced earlier today, 
So there was a couple listings discovered on Entertainment Earth where I guess they might be doing 25th anniversary Ranger keys. I'm going to have to click some of these links because I didn't do my research and I am very intrigued. (laughs) Yeah, so there's going to be a case. Each case contains uh, six different five packs of Ranger keys. Currently, there is no breakdown for the case. John Green on Twitter is stating that these appear to be part of the Legacy Assortment. And the estimated release date is April 2018. What is happening? I don't know. Another one of those listings was for, like, a Legacy Dino Charge, the cannon thing, where it combines... Blaster set thing? (laughs) It comes with the blaster and, like, the little mini dude that hooks on. I don't know what's going on. That's (laughs) befuddling. I will say thank you, Bandai America, I guess, for (laughs) making more Ranger Keys. Because I've been waiting forever for Juoger Ranger Key Sentai set to be announced. Mm -hmm. Like, from Bandai Premium Japan. Don't hold your breath. Hey, man. <laughs> you leave me alone, okay? I just want them to do, like, a Juoger Q-Ranger epic set. I want that for you. I want that for you, and I want that for Thank Joshua you. and all the other people who I just want to be happy with Ranger Keys. <laughs> <laughs> we are the few, the proud, and we're definitely not the Marines. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, these are some weird listings, and I was not expecting more Ranger Keys to be announced. Yeah, that's unexpected, for sure. Yeah, totally. And if you're listening to this on Saturday, which I hope you all are, there'll probably be new Sentai information released. Stuff's gonna be happening tonight, but I don't know if it's gonna happen in the middle of recording oh that's right i should probably keep an eye on that too that way we have as many eyes as possible (laughs) on the news yeah (laughs) we will for sure talk about it the next time uh, we have some more official information but now we're going to get into the main topic of the episode we're going to be reviewing power rangers ninja steel episodes 18 through 20 we're not doing the Halloween specials. This is the real, for real, real 18 through 20. <laughs> so the first one, episode 18, Abracadanger. Preston must confront one of Galvanax's newest contestants after his magical spells backfire on his teammates. All right, what do you guys think of this one? I wanted to like this episode so bad because I like so much about it. But it's still like, I don't know, I just walked away with feeling a little bit flat. So I'm actually definitely going to watch it again because I just, I like magic Mm. stuff and I like the magic enemy and I want to like Preston's character so much. So I think this is one of those where I like a lot about it, but I don't know yet if I liked it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, it's not bad. It's not, it's like very middle of the road, I think. And... Mm -hmm. I think, like, it had a good lesson for kids, and that's really about it. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. It was just not really that great. We had a good Mick mentoring moment. Yeah. Which I appreciate. Yeah. I always enjoy Mick 
in these episodes, especially his mentoring moments. And I like it because he's not doing like the whole, oh, whoa, what's the prism talking about? (laughs) Like, I don't like that mech. I like the mech where he's winking at someone else while giving Preston the lesson. He was winking at Haley like, see, he's going to get it. You know? Yeah. I like mentor mech. I don't like the mechanic uh, aspect of Religious uh, Nexus Prism devotee mech? (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. I do like Mick as a mentor a lot, and I think with one of the critiques of this season being that the lessons are so you know, bludgeoned into us. Yeah. I, I right. would be able to put up with it if all of those lessons were presented in the way that Mick presents this lesson. Yeah. Like, it is kind of yes. predictable, but it's it's at least clever. And I could see kids, like, following along the logic of Mick to be like, what is he talking about? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it is predictable as we're older, but at least Mick does it in an entertaining way. And to me, it comes across more naturally you know, Mick trying to teach them with a metaphor or a similar situation disguised as what they're actually talking about. And he did that before with Calvin and the stupid car episode. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes the lesson, at least for me as an older fan, it makes it better because it's Mick doing it and it's Kelson acting it. And I love Kelson. He's an amazing actor for a television show of this type. And he's been doing it for, well, over 10 years. I mean, ever since SPD. Well, even before then, Dino Thunder. He was uh, a guest star in in, in Dino Thunder. So I just like that we have a veteran actor of Power Rangers in this season. Because Mick is definitely one of the few shining parts of this series (laughs) i made a twitter thread a while back when i was like fired up about ninja steel that highlighted what i thought were the most important takeaways kids would get from this show i was highlighting the things i thought ninja steel did well that kids would be exposed to the type of learning that they aren't necessarily told, but that they see. And so right. some of those examples were like seeing Sarah as an inventor, seeing Calvin as a mechanic, and the types of stuff that they got to see. And I think Kelson's mentoring style fits in with that perfectly, where it's it's creating this opportunity for kids to think on a level that isn't immediately literal. And it, it creates right. sort of like analogous thinking and critical thinking and it's it's drawing conclusions and stuff. And I think that's so valuable. Um, and he does it so, so well. Yeah. His character reminds me of an educational PBS show when they have like those <laughs> goofball, quirky hosts that will like teach you lessons in really cool ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I, yeah. Which we yeah. don't really... I mean, I, I feel like the closest we've ever gotten to this in Power Rangers, I feel like maybe it would have been RJ. Sort of comic relief, like, and quirky and weird, but still teaching you good things. For the most part, we don't really get that in Power Rangers very often. So it's pretty... It's pretty you cool. know who he's kind of like? He's a bit like Feeny, where, like, yeah. Mr. Feeny uses historical analogies oh. to teach everyday lessons. Yep. Mick uses everyday activities to teach bigger lessons. It's like, it's an interesting sort of dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought Boy Meets World into this. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, for a, 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 a 
Abracadanger. First off, love the name. Yes. As a villain name and using the villain name as an episode title, perfect. Did you double take, though, thinking it said, like, Akiba Ranger? Because I did. I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's very easy to trick the eye and the mind with that episode title. Mm -hmm. Because every time I look at it, I say it wrong. (laughs) Um, So, Preston gets this magic spell book. And this was sent via Princess Vieira. Along with the Ninja Firestar. Because she said, oh, well, you can call on it at any time. I guess that meant just shipping it back to them once she got back to her galaxy. (laughs) With a magic book. Right, and it also came with that wand. Do you have Ninja background? I I don't. I haven't seen all of it, but I know what happens. Okay. And in Ninja, the Blue Rangers character, even though he's Japanese, he's trained at like an English wizard school so basically he went to hogwarts essentially as one does (laughs) as one does in magical japan this explains everything i like about preston (laughs) yeah so in ninja the blue ranger is using magic all the time that's all he's about he's not a kid in high school that practices magic he is a wizard so is this wand like a more regular thing or is this a plot point no this wand was a more regular thing like oh. that was his wand it's such a they cool recreated wand. the prop yeah it is because it's got the dragon motif yeah i'll pay someone to make that prop yeah that's cool Just saying it's cool uh okay <laughs> merry christmas uh <laughs> Now I know what to get Doug for Christmas. But also in Ninja, what was so cool was that there's an episode where the yellow Maji Ranger comes back. Yes. And teaches the blue... Yeah, it was this weird crossover thing that they Dude, did. Dude, make that well, happen now! I want that okay, in Power well, Rangers. Derek, did you see on social media that What's-His-Face visited the set? Mick Sampson? Yeah. No. Yeah, so I th- I think they're going to use that Ninja oh footage for a low-key cameo. You have no idea how excited I, I am right now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was the cool thing about Ninja was that even though it really wasn't the 40th anniversary season... They were bringing in all these past cameos, so they brought back the Hurricane Red and the Red Kaku Ranger mm. for an episode, yeah. which they all edited out of Ninja Steel. Of and part of me was like, I hope you're saving that for next season when you have all these 25th anniversary stuff Oof, going on. I hope so. Yeah, seriously. And so they have this footage of Maji Yellow in the Ninja, so why not have nick sampson come back because he lives in that country and it would be really easy and cheap to have him do a cameo question when nick sampson visited the set was he bearded or not bearded uh it's been so long since that instagram post i don't remember god i'm getting my hopes up way too much for this whole thing i'm just gonna okay i'm so sorry Join the beard club, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I hope 
that they're saving that for the 25th anniversary. That would be really cool. I hope but so. the point I was getting at was I didn't like how this episode handled that because I feel like we should have seen Preston using magic more throughout the season. This is what I thought of. Wasn't this book the best way to do that? It's progressive. It has all these little spells that he could have been working on on a constant basis. I mean, we're talking about Chip, and Chip is somebody who they often used in the show to advance their magical ability, right? Like, he was always testing new things and trying different spells and stuff. Preston could be doing that in every single episode. That's why I was so confused as to why this book was introduced so late and through Princess Vieira. Because we know nothing about her galaxy. There's been no indication that her galaxy uses magic in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. And I would have loved if there was just a side moment where Preston goes into this magic shop and finds this dusty tome, which it could have been tied to Mystic Force or something. Mm -hmm. Like, just something to do that 25th anniversary connection in a low-key way. Yes. So that way, when Chip makes his cameo in the 25th anniversary season, hopefully, it would have been a natural, like, progression. Like, oh, wow, you found my old spell book or something. What if? They did, like, <laughs> a flashback to, like, explain... Because isn't Sarah's the new kid... Or is Sarah the new kid at the beginning of the series? Yeah, she is. So yes. what if they did a flashback when she learns that Preston does magic? They did a flashback to the record shop or, like, a, a place next to the record shop or something in Mystic Force. Yep. Where he basically was like, you know, I was visiting my family and whatever, and I found this cool magic book, and I, you know, I've been learning spells ever since. Oh, that would have been so good. Yeah. That's what pisses me off so much is that these writers have access to a canon Mm -hmm. of 25 years of Power Rangers. You've literally had Power Rangers that were magicians. There's a whole team of them. They all used magic. They had capes, yo. You're in New Zealand where they filmed it. They had capes. Like, how do you even forget that? Yeah, they had capes. Apparently Bandai forgets it all the time. (laughs) But no, it's like you're in New Zealand. You're literally in the same area where they film Mystic Force. Just have him walk down the street. Or like you said, in a flashback, he was like, oh yeah, I was visiting my cousin in Briarwood. And people have been like, oh, Briarwood. Yeah. Seriously. And you could have found the same building that the Rockporium was used at and be like, yo, dudes, 10 years ago we filmed here. Can we just put this sign up real quick and film a scene here? Oh, yeah, sure. Or like, what if he had a spell book this whole time and it had, it was from the library or something, but it had an old fashioned like library checkout card in it and it said like Briarwood Library. Like, how cool would that yeah, be? Yeah, I would like, love, if they couldn't get cast members back or something like that, then why not throw in, like, little references if you wanted to? Like, there is no harm in it. It's not going to alienate right. anybody. No. Like, it's just going to make people happy. Mm-hmm. And they've done it before! Yep. Mm-hmm. The movie could do it. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's little things like that where an episode like this comes along so late in the season, it's like... Why couldn't that have been a running thread throughout the season? Well, that's kind of like a microcosm of, like, what a lot of Ninja Seal's problems are, right? Like, this is something that I was thinking about for the whole finale, too, that I'll probably talk about when we get there. But that it's like, there's so many of these plot points that 
only fail like they're really great in concept but they only fail because they're done in such a ridiculously condensed time frame for no reason when they yeah. could have ex- been expanded through the whole season and made the season feel like have a lot more material than it actually did well i can't stop thinking about something you said last time eric where you said yeah. the reason that the lion fire zord or whatever the heck it's called exists in the show so early is to release the toy at a certain time in a certain timeline sure and like the fact that Preston gets this book from Princess Vieira, at first I was like, oh, this is so unfortunate. Like, they're only doing this because it had to happen after whatever, blah, 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 blah. But right. it almost doesn't, though. So I'm, yeah. I'm so confused. It's like they right. felt like it needed to, but it didn't actually need to. It's so weird. But I do think weird. what you're talking about, Derek, where things end up in such a condensed fashion, I can't stop thinking about the toy release thing that you talked about, Eric. Hmm. And it's like, it's sure. so eye-opening. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch Ninja the whole way through, so I don't know if this was, in fact, the same monster that was in the Maji Ranger cameo episode. I'll have to double-check that. Oh, I hope it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Can I talk about how much I like that suit, though? The villain looked awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah and it's like half staff, half broom thing. So good. <laughs> I love the fact when he got big, he just hopped on it like a witch and was like, see ya! So it was like, flying. (laughs) Okay, I was, so I was watching this episode and I was thinking like, man, this is an episode where I really wish they wouldn't gigantify, right? One of my least favorite parts of of Power Rangers is like Megazord fights because they're repetitive. And so I wish that when Mm -hmm. they adapt to Power Rangers, they would cut some of them and just allow them to defeat monsters as is. And this season has the perfect vehicle for it, right? Like, in theory, the audience of Galaxy Wars is voting on whether or not to gigantify something. So they could easily sure. get away with not gigantifying stuff. So anyway, that was a lot of exposition to say. I was watching this episode, and I was in the midst of thinking, man, I wish this was one of those episodes that they would just cut the gigantify. And then that scene happened where he like gigantifies, hops on his broom, and they chase him in a dragon. And I was like, never mind, I take it back. I need this scene. <laughs> This is everything I need from Power Rangers. No, no, you know, I will say, like, when I when I first was like binge watching it before the last episode of our podcast, one of the things that I had tweeted, <laughs> one of the things that I had tweeted out was that I normally will glaze over during Megazord battles, but I really like legit love them in Ninja Steel. I feel like because their Zords are so weird and ridiculous, don't make any sense they're at so all. weird. Yeah, and it's just like it's so bizarre that it, I, like it really catches my interest. And it's just like, yeah, you have a dragon going after a monster on a broomstick. Like that's cool. Why not? <laughs> yeah, for real, Mega Dragon. That's all I know. <laughs> Everybody watch Kamen Rider Wizard. I'm just saying. Do it. <laughs> Before we get too far into the episode, I had a question about Princess Vieira specifically. Sure. And I don't know if mm-hmm. I'm just, like, not thinking through it correctly. But, like, okay, so she sends this message and tells them that they can have access to her, her Lion Fire armor at any point, right? But she's wearing the Lion Fire armor in that message. So does that mean, like, whenever they summon it, like, they just, her armor just disappears off of her body and appears on Earth? Or was that message? That's what I was thinking, too. I mean, I thought about this afterwards. Maybe she's just recording that message beforehand and she's permanently giving them the Lion Fire <laughs> armor. I don't know. It just seems weird in general. Like, why didn't she just leave I would like that to believe them? that she's, like, in the middle of, like, a really important political address wearing her armor. Because she always wears it. Right. And then suddenly it just disappears right. without explanation. Right. That's what I want to believe. <laughs> 
Alright, so you'll be happy to know that this episode that the Sentai was taken from, it was not the episode with Magiello. Oh, thank goodness. Because oh, cool. I wouldn't have been surprised if you told me it was. No, it, it wasn't. Cool. It was actually Ooh. episode 9 of Ninja, oh, wow. which shows you Wait, which shows you how far I got through it. Wait, <laughs> so how do they do this like Ultimate Megazord combination 9 episodes into it? Or did they edit it weird or something? No, the Ultimate thing wasn't in this episode because oh. they you they only use the dragon formation of the ninja steel megazord gosh i'm thinking of a, the one of the other ones we watched okay never mind right <laughs> wait but didn't did wasn't star ninja fighting this enemy am i making that or sorry oh my gosh i just totally did that thing that's annoying wasn't um levi fighting this monster yes so i again i know nothing about ninja but did star ninja really show up that early his Zord showed up that early in episode oh. nine. His character actually showed up in the next episode, episode ten. That's still kind of early, I think. It is early for a sixth ranger, hmm. definitely. Okay. So that's why they had the monster in Ninja Steel fling him across the country, <laughs> oh, and we got that yeah. original footage. That. So that's why they were able to use that footage. Gotcha. Initially, I thought it was going to be a thing where it's like, oh, actually, Star Ninja wasn't in this episode, so we're just going to fling him. <laughs> <laughs> no, but only his Zord was in the Sentai footage, so that's okay. why that happened. Cool. That makes sense. Cool. Whew! I'm glad we figured that wow, out. We're so knowledgeable on this stuff, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> we're the experts, guys. Yep. Did you notice that his wand... Looked a lot like Rita's wand on top. No, with yeah. like the it the had moon like a thing, crescent moon with an orbit. Oh, didn't it? Yep, cool. Yeah, yeah. I like that. That's a nice throwback. But yeah, I I really love the design of this monster. It looked like he had teeth all over him, and he was just menacing. It looked really cool. <laughs> yeah, I can't elaborate on this, but if you've ever seen the movie Teeth, dot dot dot, that's what I thought about. <laughs> anyway. um... <laughs> This um, monster, I love... Thank you, Derek. I, <laughs> and we will say no more, because this is a kid-friendly podcast. Right, we can't say anything else. I did love the design, because it has sort of like this creepy no-face element to it. Yeah. I don't love rangers that look like that, where there's like a gaping sort of... Oh, me uh, either. I don't know, hole of a face. But I love when bad guys look like that. So do you prefer rangers that have mouthpieces? Uh, oh my gosh, this was such a debate. Um, <laughs> I don't remember who tweeted that. Was that Jason that, that tweeted that? Yeah. So I'm on this thing where I'm trying not to be Fancy Fencerton, and I'm trying to just pick a side. And I saw so many people that were like, well, it depends. So I am going to definitively say, even though I know that there's so much more to be examined here, that I'm pro-mouthpiece. Me too. Me too. I'm 100%. I very rarely like suits without mouthpieces. I need. I generally need mouthpieces. See, I can't say that, but I'm, I can say I'm pro-mouthpiece. <laughs> that clears it up perfectly. I know uh, all of you were wondering. <laughs> going back to the magic book and why this would have been a lot better introduced any other way than Princess Vieira. <laughs> Literally any other way. Because he only has to memorize like 10 spells in this book. But this book, it seems to have only ten spells. And this book was thick. Okay. It was one page There are spell, so many too. things about this book. Did you just say he knows some of these? No. Because I... he does. 
<laughs> yeah, and it was also one... He's levitated things. It's also one page of spell, so it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Nothing about this book makes any sense. Which would have been another great throwback to the Xenotome if the spells appeared from the blank pages. Oh, 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 oh. Oh. Seriously, there was a whole season of magicians. <laughs> I know. I'm... I know that the Sudarso brothers are, like, super knowledgeable. Yeah. And I just wonder how much Peter was able to offer advice. Because I feel like he has to know, right? Like, I'm pretty sure Maji Ranger is one of their favorite seasons, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I just... I ugh, I just... Mm, I hope that Peter was able to get some stuff in there. Sure. Because I just... I don't know. He gets to be a magician. And I know they like Maji Ranger because it's about, like, family and magic and stuff. So, uh, Preston, I want so much more. Not from you, Peter, but from the story. Peter, you're doing great, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Just need to support you. <laughs> All right, so what did you guys think about this whole side plot with Victor and his tennis match against Haley? In a vacuum, I didn't dislike it, but it was mm-hmm. strange that it was part of this episode, yeah. I think. It's not yeah. the worst Victor and Monty have been, though. I will say that. No, it's it's not. I want to know where they got such an advanced android arm yeah. from. <laughs> Good point. Did they find that off fake Aiden's corpse in the junkyard? I don't oh know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the answer is yes. I love that. I love that. <laughs> that doesn't bother me as much because I feel like in the scope of Power Rangers, I like the idea that in a universe where there's been all these giant Megazord battles and stuff like that have been destroyed, like obviously people have salvaged those so i feel like technology should be like slightly better sure is in our reality Ooh. you know now that said it's not like it's ever been consistent in the show but i feel like it's an it's right. a decent excuse to have whenever there's superior technology if nothing else at some points we do see that monty is potentially like a genius level high school student yeah i wish they used it more but we have seen him do things he makes good stuff <laughs> no he's done great stuff but then again, he has to look up where milk comes from on a cow. So Ugh. I don't want to talk about it. Ew. <laughs> I have to agree with you, Doug, that Victor and Monty weren't as annoying in this episode. It's actually kind of in context. Like, right. We know that Victor is an athlete. It makes tons of sense yeah. that tennis is one of his things. Sure. I just liked in the beginning when they showed the footage from the last event. And they showed, and they paused it on Haley's face when she's making that expression. And I genuinely chuckled at that because they were kind of making fun of her and it did look pretty ridiculous. And I feel that was more in line with their bully stuff. And I just thank God that it wasn't something in their face, you know? Yeah. I feel like if they brought Victor and Monty down a couple degrees and brought everybody else up a couple degrees in the way that they brought Haley in that moment, we would mm-hmm. have such a good, consistent, like, comedic yeah. Power Rangers tone. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I do like when Principal Hastings gets involved. I wish we saw more of her early on. It was like she was there in the premiere, and then seven or eight episodes later, she came back. And it was like, where have you been? <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that, like, every time Principal Hastings shows up, Haley is involved in some sort of scandal? So clearly Principal Hastings thinks that Haley's, like, the worst student ever. Oh, my God. 
Oh which my is God. hilarious because Haley's like one of the least offensive characters yeah. on this show. I was just like wondering the whole time, like, why is this principal like so obsessed with this tennis match between like two students? But Oh, she is. She has it out. She has it out to get Haley. Oh my god. It's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the things that they don't need to make sense are making sense. <laughs> When they should be concentrating on bigger things that should make sense. Uh, good job. I also genuinely like the humor in the situation of her being invisible. Yeah, yeah. I like that. See, you can have humor without potty humor or gross out humor. Sure. Well, that's why I think if they brought some people down a little bit and some people right. up, we would just end up with a goofy season as opposed to like a really inconsistent season. Sure. And plus, the goofy part of the season would fit with their Zords being goofy, the situation of a reality show mastermind as a villain being goofy. Yeah, it just needs to even out a little. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, They could have really gone for, like, Ninja Storm vibes, I feel like, and it would have worked great. I mean, if you had a... Oh my god. Dude, if they had, like, a a villain like Lothor would work so well in, like, this reality show setting that they have set up, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're kind of, like, biffing the reality show aspect of this. Yeah, totally. Now they completely biffed it because... Of episode 20, but we'll get there. Um, <laughs> so, Abracadanger, he's pretty crazy. Then, when they're fighting Abracadanger, Brody gets turned into a teddy bear, Sarah gets turned into, like, a pink heart pillow, and Calvin turns into a yellow rubber ducky. And I thought that was also kind of hilarious, and maybe part of their personality like i i I don't know it was it was just kind of hilarious yeah it was just these (laughs) random things and then we get the whole mick lesson thing yeah i thought they could have done a better job at the magic montage put some music with it i don't need to hear all the spells and stuff like just give me a magic montage that would have been great give us a magic montage like when chip and v were like magicians for hire yes <laughs> that's what i need <laughs> oh that would have been such a good callback that whole like heroes for hire thing or whatever they called themselves is one of my favorite power rangers things ever and that would have been so good yeah and yeah they're able to turn them all back Preston masters the undo spell which is kind of bad that that's the last spell that you would learn because what happens if you screwed up all those other nine times? Yeah. <laughs> uh, v- very weird. We get the final tennis match between Haley and Victor, and obviously she just kills it because she's Haley and she's awesome. Oh, I actually wish that Victor had put up a little bit more of a fight. I feel like that would have been more satisfying. Yeah, because he went from awesome with his robot arm to just completely wasted, which then is like, well, what happened when you won legit last year? Well, think about this. Like, there were lots of moments. I know people don't like when when they're compared to Balkan Skull because Balkan Skull are legendary, but there are Eh. things that made Balkan Skull like humans that we appreciated. You know what I mean? Victor being an actually good tennis player who cares about something, who got humbled, would have made him somebody we care a bit more about, and that didn't happen. No, he's so concerned about getting his 50th trophy. and then Oh, which could be so good, and they keep ruining it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he gets the second place ribbon. <laughs> and Monty's like, oh, second place. And, and he's like, no, I'm last. And it totally gave me a Talladega Nights feel. It's like, it popped into my head immediately. If you're not first, you're last. You know, like that whole attitude for Victor. And it just makes him come off more as a jerk. You're right. That could have been used as a humbling moment for him where it's like, wow, I really should have maybe practiced more instead of focusing on all these other things that don't mean anything in my life. You know what I mean? Well, if they slightly tweaked Victor's character, they could be building up to an episode where, not a full-blown thing, but just an episode where he has to work with the Rangers in a way that makes him sympathetic to the audience. And then he can go back to being a jerk, but then they can at least understand why he's being a jerk. But they've wasted all the opportunities to build up to that you know what i mean yeah there was that episode that made skull really really sympathetic yes. i can't remember what it was but they could be doing that it was in zeo when he was playing the piano oh my god it's yes. so good yeah 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 they could be doing that with victor where we find out why he's such a jerk and then we we care less that he's a jerk because we understand why he's a jerk right right but they're just wasting their opportunities with that which is a bummer because those actors are so good and i just feel like they're not getting what they could to go back to make him more like sympathetic to the Rangers, there's that moment in the 20th episode when they realize that they're helping the bad guy to potentially destroy the Rangers. And they're like, oh, well, I, I don't want to do that. And yeah, we got to help the Rangers. And yes, it would have been so much better if there was that sympathetic moment earlier in the season. <gasps> Oh my gosh, what if, we're like so off track, but what if, in the 20th episode, like, okay, what if they were building up to this sort of sympathetic moment of Victor and Monty, mm -hmm. right, or at least Victor, and for some reason, I don't know why they would be consistent about stuff, but like, we had a consistent admiration from Victor and Monty towards the Power Rangers like we did from Balkan and Skull, yes. and then... What if in the 20th episode where they find out that they are going to be helping destroy the Rangers, the Rangers reveal who they are to Victor and Monty as like Ooh. a last ditch effort to be like, no, this is important. Oh. And they're like, oh my gosh. And then like, that's the human connection element that tips them to the point of Victor and Monty helped us. Victor and Monty are keeping our secret, which means we trust them. They know we trust them. Oh, that could be such a good thing. Yeah. Why are we writing the show? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we asked this question last time and nobody offered us a job, so I don't get it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to close out this episode, some errors. We already talked about this. That spell book was way too thick for 10 spells. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been like the Preston's spell brochure, not the spell The book. rest of it was just pictures of dragons. <laughs> right. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> this is super nitpicky, but hey, I get it from Ranger Wiki. So, the transform spell was worded in the spell book as Mrofsnart, which is the backwards spelling of transform. However, when he uh. was testing the spell, he said doof emotion. Which, if you reverse that, it's like food nonsense word. <laughs> it's like need some food. Yeah, need some food. I don't need know. some food. Need some food. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Yeah, and then some other stuff. <laughs> 
So for you, the listeners of Ranger Command Power Hour, Gamefly is offering a premium free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To get your free trial today, go to GameflyOffer.com slash RangerCommandPH. Again, that's GameflyOffer.com slash RangerCommandPH for your free 30-day trial. And I would try this out if I had a game system that worked. Moving on. Oh, no. <laughs> I saw that drama the other day. I was so sad for you. <laughs> Moving on to episode 19, Helping Hand. While Sarah deals with issues at school... The Ninja Steel Rangers must overcome an invincible force field. (laughs) Between this and the last episode, it really doesn't feel like a build-up to a season finale. Oh, not at all. No. And I feel like even in Dino Charge, we got such a build-up to that finale. Yes. I feel like weren't the last three episodes like just about the finale, kind of? Mm-hmm. Yes. And episode 19 only touches upon that with the magnet. Like, they're setting it up, but it didn't feel like the penultimate episode of the season, you know? No, not at all. Yeah. It was just like, yay, it's a Sarah episode. I did like the actress playing Sarah's mom. She was good. Oh, okay. I loved Sarah's mom. And I don't know if this is just enhanced by the work that I do, which is like working with college students. But I had to get so past the fact that I get so uncomfortable watching teenagers be mean to their parents. (laughs) (laughs) That I was like, just keep watching the episode. Just keep watching the episode. But it was so uncomfortable. Oh, it was so uncomfortable. Her mom just wanted to help so much, and she was so nice and so sweet, and Sarah was not being nice. <laughs> that is the lesson that Sarah learns in this episode. And I knew it was coming, so I stuck with it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but it was uncomfortable watching that for me, too, because I'm like, Sarah, this isn't your personality. You're so sweet and kind to everyone else, but not your mom. Your mom's also a science mom. She also builds stuff. How cool is that? Right. (laughs) Right. And I was genuinely laughing. I know it was like silly, like food and face humor, but at least it was a different subject of that. So I was like cracking up. I actually like that. I like this food and face moment because it was natural. Like this is the time to do a food and face thing. (laughs) They finally gotcha. (laughs) But I liked it because it was a little bit clever in the writing. When Sarah's mom was saying, say toast, and you get toast, and say juice, and and she's like, oh man, my project is toast, and then, and that was just (laughs) clever. And then the fact when she said, oh man, it's all out of juice, and she gets sprayed, but it's like Sarah was laughing, like she was mad, but she was kind of mad laughing. Because she also knew how ridiculous this was. And she's like, it was almost like a I shouldn't have said that kind of a a face, you know? Right. Like, I should have known better. (laughs) Yeah. And so I really liked how that played out. So I didn't mind this food and face situation because this would have been the time to do it. Yep. I love that we get her hoverboard back. But again, it's a callback to something much earlier in the season. Why hasn't she used it since? It's like the writers get amnesia and we're like, oh yeah, we did that in episode two. So 
Let's do it again! Do you think that they are just nervous to incorporate things that last multiple episodes? Yes. Because there's so many things that could be... Like, the magic book could have been built up over many episodes... And, like, Monty's magnet invention could have been built up over many episodes. God, this was the exact same thing I was thinking of when I was watching this last night. I was like, God, this magnet thing is a big project to come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's super OP. Yeah. We were seeing it being demonstrated in Mick's class. He was actually being a teacher in that moment. And I feel like... Because there are times where a school project can last an entire semester. It's your semester project. And Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen the evolution of this magnet, which becomes a huge freaking plot point for the season finale. Okay, think about this, right? If Monty is consistently working on his shop project, which is the magnet... Calvin is consistently working on his shop project, which is his car. Sarah is consistently working on her shop project, which is a new battery for her hoverboard, which she crashes early on in the season. And then we see, like, Brody being an idiot because he's an alien (laughs) in shop class, like, making something silly. It can be an ongoing thing where it's like anytime we have an episode that takes place in shop class, you just do, like... A second or two of them working on their project, and projects that's all you and need. talking about it, right? While they're working on their project. Well, and I was I was going to spring this up in the actual finale, but it kind of works now too. Like for Victor and Monty, I feel like this whole thing, if this was expanded on for multiple episodes, right? Like I feel like the narrative of it makes sense, where they're constantly trying to basically like one up everybody else and like be the winners just in general, right? So and this could be yeah. like the ultimate project to be the winner. And then it, it makes a lot of sense narratively and in character to have this project that they do finally win something. They make this project that is like the best one out of all of them in the shop class and then that's the one that leads them into being involved with Galvanax and ends up in the finale. And and so it actually ends up being like kind of a capper on their entire season-long character story of trying to like one up everybody. And so it yes. yeah. And like it's it seems like there's so much there was so much potential. Again, it's like a microcosm for the whole right. problem of the entire season of there's so much a great <laughs> concept, but it's like just condensed for for no reason at all, in which I wonder yeah. if you know we were talking about the last in the last review episodes about it seemed like maybe there was like a like a mandate from like executives or something like maybe there is a mandate from Nickelodeon that story arcs can only last like a certain amount of episodes or they only want or they don't want a lot of serialized elements or something like that I don't know because it doesn't really it make be. sense but that's not how television is evolving right well and Power Rangers isn't a show that goes into syndication right. Like, they don't need to have episodes that you can mix and match however you want. It's not necessary. I keep bringing up Voltron, but Voltron (laughs) is so good, and it's meant for kids. And they have freaking season-long story arcs. And they can still do the funny bits of humor and jokes and things and faces, but there's still an overarching story and there's character threads that go throughout the whole season yeah think about this now i'm thinking about how this magnet project could have evolved in victor and monty's other schemes well it's not working for shop class but maybe we can turn this into our business proposition or oh no i need to look like i'm lifting a weight 
then they just reverse the polarity yes. of the magnet. Right. Or or the reason that Victor screws up his chocolate project and screws up the milk business is because Monty's not paying attention because he's too focused on that magnet thing you're working on. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, it would explain so much. Because this magnet thing, it's integral to these last two episodes. That would have been the ultimate side character screw up for the yeah. thing that they've been working on all season is the thing that brings down the rangers that'd be so good it would really justify the entire like existence of their characters where it's like right. oh you were just expecting them to just be these silly comic relief characters and having these you know side stories that don't matter or anything like that and then it's like oh no actually this is this is part of the end game i mean i think that would be really awesome all it would take is a Billy, like movie Billy esque explosion from Monty right. in the first or second episode to provide the season long motivation of Victor. You know, I need to get an A in this class or something yes. like that, right? It would provide all the motivation you need where Victor is too motivated on getting his 50th trophy or breaking a record, and Monty's too motivated on finishing his project to get an A in his class. And occasionally those things overlap in interest, but ultimately manifest in this big sort of finale motivating gadget. Yeah, it would have made so much sense for this to have a buildup because on its own, having this very technical invention come out of nowhere from Monty is just the worst (laughs) at least at least we've seen the hoverboard before you know yeah 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 i listened to this podcast it's a survivor podcast shocking but they do a segment where they um it's called like hold up bro and they talk about moments in the episode where they had to like pause and rewind because they had to watch something again because it was like confusing or weird or they thought they missed something Monty's invention is my hold up bro moment where it's like I had to stop and rewind because I thought I missed something I thought they found alien tech or Mm -hmm. something like that I was so confused (laughs) because it's so overpowered yeah (laughs) oh it's totally overpowered so (laughs) the monster of this episode is called force fear and he's able to create force fields that deflect any attack. Brody uses his lion fire mode when force fear attacks the city. It's not enough to take down his force fields, so the rangers retreat. They're sitting in their base, and the ninja nexus prism shows them a vision with a convenient split screen to show them the ninja steel megazord, the bull rider <laughs> megazord, and the lion fire megazord can combine and i hate the ninja nexus prism oh me too (laughs) i had the same thought i hate it so much because all they could have shown was just that silhouetted figure that they showed at the end it didn't need to spell out for them hey why don't you combine all three megazords right well, it's not even a complicated idea like that's something that they could have come up with i could easily (laughs) see brody being like what if all our megazords were one big megazord like it's not like why do you need like a god thing to tell you that its name alone is like ridiculous where it's like nexus literally just means something that connects everything and it's like they were like let's call it the nexus ninja star or whatever and then we don't have to explain anything (laughs) (laughs) it's just what is that called a duex machina yeah yeah yeah. it's there you go yeah 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 it's literally just that and they named it right in front of us it's like the darth vader of 
Power Rangers Ninja right. Steel, where it's right in front of your face. <laughs> and it doesn't even need to be that. Like, like the Viewing Globe didn't, like, tell, like, the Mighty Morphin Rangers, like, how to defeat everybody. It's just, like, it's, I get, like, the usefulness of having something like that to speed up the plot, right? To just be like, here's a thing that's going right. on, here's something you can do. But it's like, there was no reason to just spell out exactly how to solve your problem at this point. I don't even mm-hmm. understand, like, why it wasn't even something that, like, would have been hard to work into the scripts, like, having them figure it out, you know? No, it's lazy. Like, That's why I hate this trend, and it happened with Dino Charge, where Dino Charge, you have these Energems, and they're the Deus Ex Machina, and then you got the Ninja Nexus Prism, and it's one big, giant, spinning Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> and it's like guys calm down i bust out laughing when it literally did like a tv split screen in three (laughs) and i was just like you're freaking ridiculous you stupid ninja nexus prism and not only that but it totally undercuts the debut of this ultimate formation yeah yeah i just don't get like even just just from a writing standpoint specifically like i don't under i I understand the need for like a deus ex machina sometimes when you're just like in a hole and you can't get out of it right but this wasn't like a hard problem to solve like literally (laughs) anybody could have just come up with that idea it would have been like okay that's in character why didn't sarah come up with that idea it was her episode and she's a genius like she could think to like put your robot toys together like it makes sense for real you have characters that, like, one one thing that's interesting about the Ninja Steel Rangers is they don't try to sell us on the fact that they're exceptional, but a couple of them are. Sarah is exceptional. Calvin is exceptional. You know what I mean? And yes. Brody has a knowledge of a topic that is exceptional, and they don't take advantage of those things. How easy would it have been if they're like, oh man, we, God, we really need to, to defeat this monster if there's only some way we could combine all three Megazords and then Calvin would be like, well, the mechanics of it are going to be tough, but maybe if we do it this way and Sarah's like, oh yeah, well, if we do this, you know, maybe we can have a ninja star that does this. Okay. Calvin and Sarah should be the Billy and Trini of the Zords. Thank you. Billy and Trini were constantly studying and trying to figure out the tech behind what the rangers were doing sarah and calvin should be doing that here's another thing that kind of ticks me off in ninja the white ranger she is kind of a tech genius but when they're doing this ultimate combination in the sentai they actually have like a scroll and they're trying to plan out how to integrate all three zords and you don't see how that's going to be possible or, or do it until it actually debuts. So, mm. if there's anything from the Sentai they should have copied, it's that. They have this powerful monster that you can't get past. Maybe they should have brainstormed it. You have very smart people. You're right, Doug. Like Brody is exceptional in knowing about alien crap and weird <laughs> stuff and ninjas. And Calvin's mechanical genius. And Sarah's the inventor. The three of them should have just, like, went off to the side. Brody should have been like, hey, I've got a crazy idea. Can you guys make it happen? With our last piece of ninja steel. 
you kind of have a perfect recipe with these five rangers if they use them properly, right? You have two brains that are brains in different ways. You have like a practical mechanical brain and you have an inventive fantastic brain. Then you have mm-hmm. somebody who's familiar with alien stuff. Then you have somebody who's familiar with magical stuff, which is a, a juxtapose from the technology stuff. And then honestly, Haley should really be serving the purpose of like the heart of the team. So in any given situation, all of them should be able to balance each other by countering what each one of them is too much of, right? Right. Too much of an inventor, too much of a mechanic, too much of an alien presence, too much magic, and too much hope. They have the perfect recipe. They're all right there. But use them, please. (laughs) Why are you not using them? That's what's so headbangingly frustrating about this (laughs) season. It's exactly like you've been saying, Derek. All the elements, all the concepts, all the potential is so good. It's right there. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I know we haven't talked about the last episode yet, but overall, this whole season is mediocre. And it's mediocre because they're not taking those two extra steps to make it a fantastic season by using those elements. They're just squandering everything that they've set up in their own universe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they could be doing some really cool stuff. It feels like they've been writing with, like, their hands tied behind their back. At least with, like, the, the beginning of Megaforce or some, some a season like that. At its core, it was never really ever going to be very good, you know? Like, the way that they set it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, with something like this, it just makes it all the more frustrating when you know that they are... They were clear... Somebody was trying really hard. Like, really, really hard. So, I don't know if this is fair or not. You guys will have to tell me. Because what you're saying just reminds me of, like, I did a rewatch of Operation Overdrive, which I feel like puts me in a very tiny club. But I remember tweeting about my rewatch of Operation Overdrive and thinking, like, this show is made up of all the correct elements. Like, all of the elements are correct for a good Power Rangers show, and something's just off. Maybe this is, like, a very similar thing. And I know it's, like, dramatic to compare it to Operation Overdrive, but... I do genuinely think Operation Overdrive had really, really essential, solid, good elements of a Power Rangers yeah. show, and then it just didn't do the right thing. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That's kind of what this season feels like. See, I, I knew this was going to come up because I was thinking about how this recording was going to go down this morning, <laughs> and I was like, if someone doesn't bring up Operation Overdrive, I will. Because... I've literally been thinking of doing a rewatch of Overdrive because I'm like, it can't be as bad as I remember it. Well, that's why I did it. And it's not as bad as you remember it. It's frustrating. It's just a very frustrating season. Right. Because I remember the one thing that they did do well was that ongoing plot line. Mm -hmm. It was literally like, okay, we've got this piece. Oh, there's the next piece of the puzzle. We got to chase after that. Right. And... I remember them being very consistently good about that. It was just some of the characters were annoying and some of the things were ridiculously bad. Yeah. But I don't remember the whole season being like that. Or maybe in my blind rage <laughs> of <laughs> of watching it at the time and being, you know, with the fandom and everyone going, and I'm going like, oh yeah, Rrr. But I think the one that I've rewatched the most is Once a Ranger because Mm -hmm. I love seeing those characters all together. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give Overdrive a rewatch because I think 
some of those episodes I've literally only seen when they aired. And that was it. I think even if you don't watch the whole thing, it's worth watching like the first chunk of episodes because it really does prove that Operation Overdrive was put on the right path and just veered off of it. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. I don't think Ninja Steel was ever on the right path. Right. I think they made a car out of all the right parts and then just never put it on the road. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good Calvin analogy. <laughs> <laughs> But it's like I described the first episode we talked about on this episode. I like so many pieces and so many parts and so many bits and so many, like, chunks of this. And I just am am struggling so much to turn it into one big product that I I can appreciate as a whole. It makes me want to rewrite the whole thing. Because I don't have to do the legwork of the prep. All the prep is there. Yeah, I completely agree. There's so many good things. I mean, it's it's Ninja Steel in a nutshell. It's just like a lot of good ideas, yeah. but real, real lackluster execution. Yeah. So they also introduced in this 19th episode, this was indeed the last piece of Ninja Steel, but Mick has already started running a program to find more Ninja Steel in the galaxy. But he says the universe is too far, too big. They just have to use what they have for right now. I thought they specifically said they were out. They were using the rest of the Ninja Seal back in the first Princess Fiera two-parter. Like did they I did. That? No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. And then Mick reaches in, and it's like this one big sliver of Ninja Steel. And it was was that the coating that was scraping the inside of the trophy case? Like, was this a Ninja Steel crust? Like, what the hell was this? Uh, yep. yep. I don't know how he missed that. <laughs> Yeah, I know how you missed that when we needed it three episodes ago, Mick. Yep. (laughs) So they're able to use Sarah's mom's super battery to charge the ninja star that Redbot made. And they finally got this ultra combo to work. And it sucked because the buildup wasn't great. It was just like... Well, we already know all three are going to combine. The only cool thing about this was that when they were all in their separate Zords, in the Ninja Steel Megazord, because Brody was doing the Lion Fire Megazord, there were only four in the cockpit. And because this was a Sarah episode, she was holding the cool chainsaw sword. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. good for her because that looked awesome. Yep. Yeah, they're able to combine the thing, and you got the big thing, and (laughs) (laughs) and Force Fear blows up. I did like the part where Sarah goes back home. She apologizes to her mom. They make up. I really liked her mom. I love the actress that pulled this off, because she did such a fantastic job as Mm -hmm. playing just a well-intentioned mom. And... Even showing up at her daughter's school to help with the project. This is like Mom of the Year Award for Power Rangers right here. (laughs) Too real. Too real. Mick was totally going to let them get a grade for that. Mick was totally like, it's cool that your mom made your project, whatever. (laughs) It's like most high school students are like the same way anyway, so it's fine. (laughs) Um, Can we acknowledge Ranger Mom? Ranger Mom. There was a ranger mom. She was there. Yeah, that doesn't happen. She was there the whole episode. Yep. That never And happens. she was a ranger mom. 
<laughs> we saw uh, Chase's mom. We saw yeah, Riley's these mom. These past two seasons have done a pretty good job of doing that. I remember that being a big piece of praise for Dino Charge is how many parents we saw. But Red Rangers don't have moms. Yeah, That's, they don't get moms. They, <laughs> they, they're immaculately conceived the other way. <laughs> um, I don't want to picture that. Move on, move on. Oh, okay. Uh, so... <laughs> So Mick and Redbot are like, oh, oh yeah, we found the giant asteroid of Ninja Steel. And thankfully, it's just headed right towards Earth because of plot convenience. So they want the team to use the Astro Zord, but the Astro Zord star disappears and it shoots out of the wall of the base. Which, why is your secret room like a wall away from the outside? That just seems like bad planning. <laughs> <laughs> But it's Victor and Monty's stupid magnet, and they're waving it around the school like they just don't care. Question. Yeah. Why is he shooting it at the school? That was driving me insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was only pointing it at the school. <laughs> because they, they specifically said that when they were doing the magnet, that they didn't find anything. So Victor just cranks up all the dials. But you're right, he points it at the school. It's like... Are you trying to steal someone else's stuff, bro? Because that's a yeah, dick I didn't move. Get it. <laughs> like it wasn't an accident. He did no, that on purpose. He was scanning the entire school, left to right. Yeah, so weird. <laughs> I can't wait to get everyone else's other stuff. Like, it's just bad. I can't wait until all the lockers fly out of this building at me. <laughs> so weird. It was weird. But I will have to give props to the prop department because mm-hmm. I liked how they labeled the different dials. Like, And it made sense for electromagnetism. There was like material density and like all this stuff. So I like those little details. It, it does show that Monty is smart for an inventor, but not smart when it comes to where milk comes from from a cow. But... <laughs> <laughs> He's not a biologist. Let's, let's sure. Oh, okay. Uh, good point. Oh, all right. <laughs> but then they get all the ninja stars, and Mick's wall looks like Swiss cheese. It's bad. Mm-hmm. But then, because Galvanax and Odious are peeping Toms, they have those buzz cams all around. I do like that they use that. I at least appreciate the fact that they didn't just totally pop out of nowhere, yes. and that they can at least chalk it up to... Oh, well, we're constantly filming. So I do appreciate that. But they are creepy. (laughs) No, they're totally creepy. But I did appreciate that, too. At least we saw them look at the screen when they have all the ninja... Uh, See, that's another thing. That could have easily been tied throughout the whole season, where as they're building this magnet, Odious or someone recognizes that maybe Monty is kind of a genius and maybe they can steal one of his inventions to use against the Rangers. That could have been how he figured it out. Right. They could have been secretly helping him the whole time. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Instead of just randomly pointing it at the school for no reason. Yeah, like he wouldn't have necessarily oh. known that he wasn't coming up with the ideas but he would have been figuring things out because stuff was appearing on his workstation or somebody like a bad guy would whisper to him an idea. You know what I mean? 
And so he thinks the whole time he's coming up with these ideas, but really it's Madame Odious, who is a pretty cool character and, like, is meant to be sneaky and meant to be sort of a saboteur, um, basically feeding him info. Oh, my God. If she disguised herself as, like, another teacher or something... Oh. Or if Principal What if she was Principal Hastings? Oh my god. Dude. Oh my god. Not like we've seen that before, Dino Thunder. (laughs) (laughs) But steal from the best. Yeah. Even still, it would be such a great use of like a comic relief character because you wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect the comic relief character to be that like integrated into the plot. That's the one thing that I liked in concept about how they were involved in the finale is that like you don't that is kind of unprecedented. The comic relief characters, even when they get involved, it's usually still at an arm's length. And like it's kind of cool to have like right. your side characters become a major plot point. It just wasn't done very well in this Well, I think that's the way you subvert the trope. The way you subvert the trope that we're all expecting is to have it apply to a character we're not expecting. So we expect rangers to turn, right? We expect the bad guys to take over or influence or seduce the rangers. We don't expect them to do it to a comic relief character. Yeah. What if, to integrate Principal Hastings more, what if we just saw her throughout the season kind of coach Monty. Like, look, Monty, I I know Victor's your best friend, but he's kind of holding you back. Let me get let me oh, get you see where I'm going with this. I want that. So you could have her say, look, here's some access to some special materials. You can use these for your projects, whatever. And then like the last frame of episode 19, you see her eyes glow or something. Or yes. she closes her door <laughs> and her shadow transforms into odious. Something where you're, yes. you can be like, oh my god, this entire season, Principal Hastings has been mad at odious, and she's been coaching Monty, and that's where we get this big weapon. Oh my god. Oh, so oh, good. Man. man, I love Ninja Steel. I it's love so Ninja good. Steel when we're the ones coming up with this stuff. <laughs> That's the thing that's frustrating, though, is that like though that what you just said like would be really easy to tweak it yep. and do. You would not need to mm-hmm. write that much extra stuff into the season to make that nope. work. No, you wouldn't be hiring additional actors. You wouldn't be doing nope. additional effects. You literally have all the resources in front of you to pull off what Eric just described. Right. I'm so good, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> a couple things I did like about this episode. We got a really cool shot of all of the ninja stars. As a prop yes. guy, I liked that they were all out on the table like that. That was cool. I liked when Redbot said, Melt my motherboard! That was hilarious. I laughed at that. <laughs> Again, I mentioned it at the start of this episode, but I hate... I kind of hate it. Like, I laughed, but I did a huge eye roll when Galvin X was like, this season's finale will be one to remember. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like Derek said, if they did it one yeah. time, I would have loved it. So I loved it in that moment. And then I stopped loving it the moment I started. Yeah. When Cosmo was like, yeah, welcome same. to the season finale. And I'm like, screw you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or alternatively, if they had been meta the entire time and did like early yes. Disney yes. season type meta, like that would Ninja be Ninja Storm. Right. Yeah. If they did like a Ninja Storm thing, that would be fine. But it's just like this meta stuff is out of nowhere and then it's just like hammered in. It doesn't work. Well, it's the perfect joke. Yeah. Right? Like if you're looking for the types of jokes that 
we'll go over kids' heads, but we'll give adults something to chuckle about. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's a TV show yes. of a TV show that can acknowledge the TV show you're watching is And we kind could have had brilliant. Cosmo do this again throughout the season. He could have been like, wow, our ratings are super low. And it's like, well, you wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, give give Cosmo fourth wall or breaking the fourth wall powers. Yes, or he could have been like, it looks like this will have to be content or like to be continued. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know, yeah. like just something where he's like, or man, we really need to get these May sweeps oh, in man. order or something. <laughs> <laughs> like just anything with TV. Yeah, that'd be good. I did think it was clever when Galvanite said, wow, this season's finale will be one to remember. I'm like, okay, that's a little clever. Maybe a little bit too meta, but okay. And then literally the first minute of the season finale, he's like, welcome to the season finale of Galaxy Warriors. And it's like, and Ninja Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Episode 19 was the first time that we saw this ninja star morph attack, which will be used again in the 20th uh-huh. episode, when they just basically spin like ninja stars. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was weird. Again, it's an element where it came out of nowhere in episode 19, and it just made it look worse in episode 20. Something they could have been trying and failing until that episode. Theme of this podcast. Yep. Yep. What happened to all those other training sessions that they could have yeah. been doing? Yeah, in the cool suits. If you have this this twenty episode season, like where they where, you know they split up these forty episode seasons into two twenty episode seasons, you could take advantage of that and have if your first season finale isn't going to be like the blowout of the Sentai's finale, right? Then you kind of have a lot of creative freedom to do whatever mm-hmm. you want. So it's just. Again, it's weird that they don't like take advantage of like the concepts that they could have. Mm-hmm. Same old, same old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and moving on to episode 20, since we're talking about it yeah. so much. The final battle begins as Galvanax unleashes his devastating attack. But Madame Odious betrays Galvanax. Dun, dun, dun. I did like how they ended the last one because it was kind of a dire situation. Like, holy crap, they got all of our ninja stars. Mm -hmm. And so I like that they carried it through to this season finale. But again, it's another case of too little, too late. They could have been doing Mm -hmm. that whole buildup. Anywho, there's like a whole ton of Kudabots around the school because that's where Galvanax teleported down and they steal all the Ninja Power Stars except Brody's. I like that the Rangers got captured. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, I like when there's something at stake. Yes, when there's actual drama. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think this whole finale is like good in theory, but it would have worked if it was like three episodes. I think that would have been a good cliffhanger, all of them getting kidnapped and then leading into the finale too much too fast. Eric, I know you've watched a a chunk of Kamen Rider. Derek, I don't think you've watched any, right? You should. Okay. BT dubs. Anyway, I know one of the complaints of certain Kamen Rider series is this sort of like two episode arc structure where you can kind of predict that like, oh, I'm starting the first half of a two episode arc. But I think that the first season of Ninja Steel might have actually benefited from that Hmm. because then they wouldn't have had to tell too much story in a short period of time. They could have just made the first season about them becoming 
the Ninja Steel Rangers and understanding what that meant and how to work as a team. And then you could have not worried about trying to fit in too much footage into one season because you know that every other episode is the beginning of a new two-episode chunk. Hmm. But again, it seems like Nickelodeon doesn't want that. I think you're on to something because the last few seasons... Remember, there was a time in Power Rangers where we got name of episode part one. Name of episode part two. I'm pretty sure literally every single episode of MMPR season three is name of episode part something. It's like all but like four episodes are multi-parters in that season. Yeah. Or most of SPD. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there was a ton of two-parters in SPD. It was like half the season. But we have episodes like in Dino Charge through Ninja Steel where they do lead one into the other, but we don't get that part one, part two anymore. And I wonder if that is that Nickelodeon kind of mandate thing. But I almost wonder if that would be the right compromise. You know, I don't know how much they're willing to compromise, but then you can say like, no, Nickelodeon, we're telling 10 contained stories that build up, Hmm. right? I don't know what they if they would allow that, but it would, I think, solve or begin to solve the problem of trying to create an entire season of story while being required to tell two different seasons of story at this. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm eager to hear people who have complained about Common Rider doing that tell me what they think about that for a Power Rangers season, but I think... It, might be an okay thing to do well it worked i'm just thinking that actually reminds me of like the first two seasons of justice league did kind of did that because they basically Mm -hmm. did hour-long episodes but Mm. got around it you know because they obviously had to be 30 minute shows because they were a cartoon but got around it by making literally every story a two-parter and it worked for that show i think really well because you essentially get to have like a one-hour drama but not really at the same time because they're always two-parters so it's an interesting thought i feel like it probably wouldn't be implemented with power rangers but yeah the, well the only reason i thought of it is because we were talking about stakes and having stuff at stake of loss or whatever i think one of the biggest problems i have with ninja steel is nothing ever feels like it's in danger yeah and I feel like if you end every single other episode, and this is the complaint with Common Rider, I think, is it becomes predictable. But if you did for this season, every other episode ended in a to be continued, you get this sense of like, okay, well, I, I'm not going to get this problem solved too quickly problem. But I, I don't know. People, please tweet at yeah. me because I'm very curious to hear what you think. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like the only time that I can think of a two-parter for like the Neo Saban era was the Vrak is back two-parter in Super Mega Force, which for me, yeah. I freaking love that two-parter. Right. Like, that's like my favorite part of Super Mega Force. Yep. It's a really yeah. good two-parter. And like if, if all at least almost every episode was I like that, like that would be fine. There isn't a lot of like character substance to it really, but like the plot is so fast moving and like high high stakes that it still keeps you invested. So yeah, that's an interesting thought. I totally get what you're saying. But basically to round out this episode, all five Rangers are captured they're sent to the ship victor and monty are also taken up and they basically create a giant version of the magnet device on the ship and then she lets it out of the bag that they're going to use it to destroy the power rangers and then they freak out they dress up as kudo bots but on earth brody and mick retreat to the quarry mick even has this idea to melt down and this was a concept that was introduced in the last episode where mick said well if we don't find more ninja steel 
we're going to have to melt down older stars to make new ones. And I thought that would have been an interesting take, again, if they introduced that earlier in the season. Because it sounds like a desperate situation. You know, maybe we don't need five bike stars. Maybe we can use that metal for something else. Yeah, I want that conflict. Yeah, it's interesting. They were introducing that conflict, too, here. But then, by the end of the season... The prism's damaged, all the ninja steel's useless, and it doesn't matter because your conflict is gone because your main monster's dead. So So what was the point of introducing it in the first place then, right? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So Galvanax beams down the other rangers and he says, well, if you don't hand over the ninja power star, all your friends are going to be destroyed. And Brody has a flashback to when he saw his dad make that sacrifice and destroy the ninja power star. And he repeats his father's words and he takes his dad's sword from Mick and destroys the red ninja power star. And everyone's shocked. And there's that big explosion like we saw in the first episode, which I thought was a nice throwback. I like how they connected that thread back to the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really liked hearing Brody repeat his dad's words. When I first heard it, I'm like, "Oh man, really? That's lazy writing." But then I re, <laughs> but then I rewatch it. I'm like, "No, that's actually a really good thing." And yeah. at first, I was letting my negative prejudice towards the season like <laughs> automatically go. Well, he just repeated the same word. That's dumb. And no, it was like, no, that's a good callback. Even though I think Power Rangers, as of late, uses way too many flashbacks too soon, but. It was great because everyone's confused. Mick and Brody are gone after this explosion. Everyone's freaking out. And then the Ninja Nexus prism like spins down and there's three broken pieces of the star. And Galvanax is reaching for it and it forms into three different stars or three red power stars. And two of them fly out and the stars attack everyone, and then they reveal two Red Rangers, and I'm a huge sucker for helmetless scenes in Power Rangers. (laughs) I love when they happen. They're epic. Even a mediocre season like this, they are too cool for school. And Brody takes (laughs) off his helmet, and everyone's like, oh man, that's so cool! And then they're like, wait, who's that other Red Ranger? And we get the most epic thing to happen in Power Rangers in like the past 10 years, Kelson <laughs> is finally a ranger after all this time that he's played so many different side characters. He is finally a Power Ranger and not just any Power Ranger. He is a red Power Ranger. And this was yeah, like man, the yeah. best thing that ever came out of Ninja Steel was making Kelson Henderson a ranger officially, finally. Come at me. I love this right now. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 the best. It was cool in a ninja. You guys haven't seen the Sentai, but this three ranger thing was literally in the last two episodes of Ninja. Oh my gosh. You didn't see my recoil when you said that, but I'm like blown away that this happened halfway through our yeah. series and in like the last two episodes of it. Yes. And oh, wow. most of the footage that we got of these Red Rangers, most of it was New Zealand made in that quarry. 
I did notice a lot of it was original. Because those two extra Red Rangers in Ninja barely got any fight time because it was the season finale. Hmm. So it's cool because I'm glad we're getting more content. Then the other Power Star comes out and it's his dad. And they all hug and it's like, all right, we need to kick butt now. And it's crazy because Galvanax melted all of the Power Stars and drank the Ninja Steel. And he got yeah, gigantified. What was that? <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It was crazy. <laughs> it was creepy. Yeah, it, it was creepy. But like Galvanax as a whole is just creepy. But one thing that bothers me is how he was characterized. Yeah, we know he's the Galaxy Warrior champion. But all of a sudden it's like, oh man, he's going to take over the universe. He's going to take over the universe. Was that ever his goal? <laughs> Good point. He wasn't in it to take over the universe. He was in it to get the power stars and become even more of a champion. Oh, huh. That's a great point. And you know, I just realized too, like you're talking about like his goals, like to be the ultimate champion or whatever. Why didn't they parallel? Like they could have paralleled that with Victor because both of them just want to be like the ultimate champion. Oh, gosh. Odious and Monty and Galvanax and Victor. Dude. Oh my God. What are... What are we doing, man? <laughs> What's this sh- We're doing Zordon's work. <laughs> this final part was, to borrow a phrase from Brody, pretty epic. Uh... No, but here's the thing. They, they... <laughs> I don't know how to do AP's groan of indifference, but insert one in there for me. Okay. <laughs> But no, they actually did quite a, a bit of a original footage with Galvanax and doing the whole Gigantify thing. Yeah. What I thought was hilarious, you know there's overhead shot when they zoomed from the quarry to the ship? <gasps> I love that. Well, guess what? That topography, that's from Google Earth. <laughs> because I've looked up where this Power Rangers quarry is in New Zealand, and that's literally the shot from Google Earth. So they used that and superimposed the really tiny rangers and Galvanax on a semi-flat Google Earth image. It's funny because if you look at the bottom corner off from the quarry, that's where you see all the buildings and stuff of the quarry management office. And sometimes (laughs) that's where they film the Power Rangers stuff. In the quarry. That's so funny. I'm going to have to watch that again. (laughs) But literally, it's from Google Earth, which I thought was hilarious. But we're seeing that New Zealand quarry uh, in that sequence. And she activates a magnet. She reveals that she's the traitor the whole time. And Galvanax gets completely destroyed by their weird ninja star morph spin thing. <laughs> and even the Ninja Nexus Prism joins in because... And Brody was just so weird. It's like, well, wow, that's like the fastest I've ever seen it spin. Like, uh, okay, stop. <laughs> well, because it's telling them what to do, as it always yeah. does. Yeah. But... <laughs> <laughs> I need that begrudging Eric growl. Like, as a sound bite. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought Galvanex went down like a Dumbo. (laughs) (laughs) He drank the Ninja Steel. She's doing this whole big magnet thing. Like, what did you expect was going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. 
But overall, I did like the whole quarry fight. And there's a shot where Galvanax and Brody are fighting one-on-one. That's actually from the Sentai. They just added one of those little drones in post. Oh, cool. The the Cambot things. I thought that was a good touch. Yeah. But the magnet is so overpowered that it actually brings down the meteor that was already coming into the solar system anyway. And it crashes into the ship, and it sends the ship hurtling off into space. Much like the first season. (laughs) This whole thing is almost like a copy-paste of Dino Charge's finale. Yeah. (laughs) Which sucks. And it's like, come on, guys. I know you can do better than this. There's more ways to destroy a bad guy. Or maybe you don't have to destroy the bad guy. Just carry on to the next season. Yeah. Because of this attack, the Ninja Nexus Prism is damaged. All their ninja steel turns to dust. They're no longer Power Rangers. The dad's back. The job's done. And I'm like, so... What the hell's going to happen next season? Well, there was so much that was happening that I saw some stuff from the finale early and it was like a little bit spoiled in concept or in theme, but I didn't actually know the plot. And as I was watching this episode, there were many, many moments where I was like, oh, I wonder if this is how they introduce Sledge or, oh, I wonder if this is how they introduce that we're going to have anniversary casts or I wonder if this is how they're going to introduce. Like there were lots of setups for that type Hmm, of stuff. Right. But it really did sort of just tie up in a neat bow and I don't understand why. Well, I was, I was wondering like what you guys thought too. Like, so this 20 episode, like two season thing, like sucks regardless. But if we have to keep it, would you all prefer like, a cliffhanger ending episode 20, like how Megaforce did it or like how this and Dino charge did it, where they have kind of like a false ending that, and then just like kind of almost reboot it the next season. Cause I don't know how I feel. I'm kind of with you because I loved how Megaforce ended with that all for nothing stakes on the table cliffhanger. When they mm-hmm. were running away from that explosion, I'm like, how are they going to get <laughs> past this? And I love season finales like that. Sure. Cliffhangers like that. When there's like, oh my God, how the hell are they going to get out of this situation? I love that kind of stuff because it it gets me excited to see the next one. But then when you've got Dino Charge style or Ninja Seal style finale, where it's like, okay, most of the plot is wrapped up and you got a kind of villain reveal right at the end... That doesn't excite me as much as a Megaforce style. Because with Megaforce, I'm like, I'm thinking the whole couple months until it premieres again. I'm like, well, how are they going to do that? And is this going to happen? Or is this going to do this or that? But at the same time, something like how Ninja Steel did, I'm still thinking that way. Because like you, Doug, I'm like, well, how is Sledge going to tie into this? How is any of the past Power Rangers going to come back into this? And I'm like, well, wait, how are they going to get the Ninja Steel back? How are they going to recall Mick? How are they going to do this and that? Like, does that mean they have to remake all of those stars all over again? What happens? All of those opportunities to ask the questions of, oh, is this how Sledge gets involved? Is this how other Rangers get involved? I think that's the reason that I'm somewhat frustrated with the tied-up ending. Because I'm like, well, wait a second. You kind of squashed some of the the suspense and stakes by having them win in the end. So I guess 
in this specific circumstance, I wish it would have ended on a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And I think, generally speaking, if I had to pick, I would pick in the realm of a to-be-continued over a tied-up nice bow. But I can see where a, a, a tied-up thing would be fine. Yeah. I think, like, in this case, it is interesting because even more so than Dino Charge, like, this felt like this was the end of Ninja Steel. So it's kind of a cool opportunity to see, like, an after the end for the next season. But it wholly depends on, like, how they restart the season. Like, if they just restart it and it's like, oh, magically, here's your powers back. It would be cool if they had to, to work towards getting their powers back or something like that. Oh, I'd be totally Well, cool that's with what's that. frustrating about what I heard about the Christmas special was because... When they're in the base, because it takes place after this finale, and when they're in the base, mm-hmm. you see the Ninja Nexus prism chilling in the back like there's no damage at all. Oh. Why do they do that? Just treat it like an offshoot, one-off episode. But they yeah. didn't, because at one point in the holiday episode, Sarah goes back in time to the events of this finale. Oh, really? I haven't seen the Christmas episode yet, obviously. Stop. And I haven't either. I haven't watched the full thing yet. And we'll review it for the next episode, because I want to review the Halloween and Christmas special. Cool. That'll be an interesting episode, because I really liked the Halloween one, and I'm not anticipating liking the Christmas (laughs) one. (laughs) But anyways, we wrap up the season. Mick goes off into the space taxi, uh, which is a service that apparently happens. And the Galaxy Warrior spaceship is floating in space, and we see that Madame Odious lives. And do we even want to talk about how Victor and Monty got off the ship? Uh, no. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I genuinely thought it was never going to come up, and I was cool with it. Okay, cool. Uh, I'm sorry for ever even briefly mentioning it. Um... <laughs> Uh, some interesting notes. We finally learn what the yellow bun does for uh, Cosmo's uh, machine on stage, which is to send someone to Earth because Victor and Monty yeah. use it to escape. Yeah. Cosmo Royale was never seen destroyed on screen. As of right now, it's unknown whether he was destroyed by the Ninja Steel asteroid attack on the Warrior Dome or not. Oh, But overall, I just think that this was a really mediocre season of Power Rangers. Yeah. And not even, like, good mediocre, just kind of low standard stuff yeah i'm i'm hesitant to put it where i think other people are which is in like the very bottom tier i'm not putting it in the super low bottom tier but it's just kind of in the lower middle for me i wouldn't be surprised if upon more like meditation and just like thinking about this and maybe a rewatch and stuff Mm -hmm. if i end up doing an eventual i'm not gonna actually do this but if i eventually do like a ranking of seasons I mean, I guess it probably falls into, like, a bottom third tier, mm-hmm. but it's certainly not, like, in a qualitative bottom-most tier. Right. I don't think. I don't know. It's hard to say, yeah. It's a weird season, because I think, like, mm-hmm. I feel like the through line that we've gotten is that there are a lot of really great concepts, and, and it would be different if it was, like, bad, like, through and through, but it's not. Like, there mm-hmm. are a lot of things to really like about it, and that's what makes it really hard to, like hate on it you know like i mean it's easy to hate on it but it's also hard to like really really like thoroughly hate it because it obviously is trying to do something and which is more to you know more than what some seasons of the show have so i don't know i have a hard time with that 
And it's painful because I adore these actors. Oh, these my gosh, actors for real. are the best. I love every single one of them. Peter is a charm, and everyone is. They're all like really good. I know Power Rangers isn't Shakespeare level acting, but even though this is kind of that lower tier type of season, it's not because of the actors, and it's not because of their acting, oh, no. because. Yeah. All of these Rangers actors, they do the comedy in stride. And I love Kelson because he's doing knowing looks. When they're finally catching on, he's like, all right, you got it. And I love that. Like, he even joked with Peter in that uh, Abercadanger episode, or with Preston. He said, oh, what are you talking about? I just really want to learn how to play tennis. <laughs> and Preston was like, wait a minute. Ah, you're just joking. I love the chemistry. These actors have great chemistry. They perform the material really well. I like some of the sub characters, like, even though Principal Hastings is barely there, I just like her as a competent principal, you know? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If this were 20 episodes that were a majority of just the Rangers interacting with each other, this would go from a bottom third right. to a top third because I think their cast chemistry is really, really good. Oh, yeah. It's like the type of cast chemistry that I would put in the same realm as a Dino Charge or a Lightspeed or Rescue Dino or some of those seasons where you're like, they just, they're so good the yeah. way they interact with yeah, each other. Totally. Yeah, so I just don't like when we come up with better ways to handle the season than the actual people working on the show. You know? That's not my job. I'm not paid for it. I want the people that are paid for it to do better. How do we get paid for it? Move to New Zealand yeah. and become a writing intern, I guess? <laughs> oh, okay, that's it? Great. <laughs> Perfect. Any more thoughts on just Ninja Steel as a, as a whole before we move on? I am willing to hold out hope that the next season will be impressive. Same. I think there's still a lot of potential and a lot of mm -hmm. opportunity for us to look back on these two seasons and say, you know what, getting through the first one was a little rough, but the second one was a treat. I think that could still happen. If that turns out to be the case, that would be the opposite of how Dino Charge went down. Bingo. Sure. Like, amazing first season, and what the hell happened second season? <laughs> <laughs> Derek, how about you as, as a whole for Ninja Steel? Uh, kind of the same. I think, because I, I don't think it's the worst season ever, and I think it still has potential. And, you know, I think it's so hard the way that they've done Power Rangers seasons like this, because, you know, it, when it was still like a 50 or 40 episode season, you could have like a first half of the season not really be that great and it still like kind of justifies itself later on i think of um of, of in space mm -hmm. which is like my favorite season and really like plot and character wise like there's a few good things early on but it doesn't really like kind of get going until like episode sure. 25 or so you know like it's just a lot of oh. one-offs so it's it, so and it makes it hard since this is an entire season so it's a little different but i feel like there's there's always the option of it getting better in the last half and that's what i'm hopeful for um and i'm hoping that maybe the reason that they rushed through things like they did this season was because they were trying to kind of get all, all their ninja stuff out of the way and then this next season they can focus, they're going to focus on the anniversary stuff. If they actually focus on anniversary stuff, and this has the potential to just blow Super Mega Force out of the water, which oh, yeah. isn't hard, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
they could literally have what like three episodes that feature old rangers and it would be <laughs> you know better yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing what super mega force did well when we brought casey back i was like mm, best episode of the season because <laughs> yep. it was total throwback to a character yeah. and i'll be fine if super ninja steel is nothing but that well, that's what's interesting about the timeline that they did use the Sentai footage exactly. for. I don't understand what they're trying to do for the, the second half of this. I, there's somebody, and I, I really apologize for not knowing who does this, but there's somebody online who posts graphics of how much Sentai footage is used for each episode. Oh, yeah. It's really great, and so props to that person. I wish I knew your name. But my hope is that when we get that graphic for Super Ninja Steel... It's one of the lowest right. average amount of Sentai footage used per episode because of what we saw in regular Ninja Steel. They That's my hope. burned through Sentai footage in Ninja Steel. And the right. fact that they burned off Ninja's finale footage in this season's finale, yeah. even I'm like, where do they go from here? Yeah, it seems yeah. it seems very purposeful. Like that's that's not a thing that they did by accident or out of like laziness or something. Like right. they made a choice to do that. No, well, that'll be interesting. Well, now we have some questions from Ranger Nation. You can ask us a question at s.fm slash Ranger Command PH, or take advantage of Twitter's 280 characters and use it for something good instead of yeah. stupid memes and <laughs> ask us a question. <laughs> Common Sentai Bat X5 asks, what returning rangers do you not want to see in Super Ninja Steel? Oh. Everyone oh asks who you want to see, so how about the reverse? That's a twist. <laughs> I like this question, though, because it's definitely not something I've thought of. Yeah. Here's Okay, so where my mind immediately went to, and this is kind of a meme, but like my mind immediately went to like Dax. But... <laughs> But, hear me out, how funny and, and very much intentional would it be to see somebody like a Dax or like a <laughs> like Where you're like, oh, um, okay, cool, hi. Like, <laughs> I guess we didn't forget about you. <laughs> I just want them to use the people that are in New Zealand already. Yeah. yeah. They're right yeah. in your country. <laughs> I will say, I don't not want to see tommy oliver but what i don't want is for tommy oliver to be a central plot point sure yes that's what i don't want uh, yeah but i'm fine if he shows up yeah i feel like my answer is more like it isn't so much of who i wouldn't want to see it's that i don't want to see certain ones who've already appeared like multiple times or right. anniversaries to overshadow or be done like in lieu of people who we haven't seen that we would want to see Yes. Right. Like, if we see Jason David Frank again, okay. But I want someone else to get lines, too. Those people that came back for Super Mega Force got gypped. Because Mike and Emily, I would have loved for them to just say something. And all they did yeah. was nod. And I'm like, but it's Samurai! That's your own Saban season! Come on! So yeah, for real. Here's what I want Jason David Frank for. I want Tommy Oliver... I want Dr. Tommy yes. Oliver Ooh. to return for the style of episode that we got in Dino Thunder. Yes. Where he's giving history to the current Rangers. Yes. Because they need that context in order to face their next challenge. Yes. That is what I want him for. 
Yes, all of that. I do feel like I need a better answer for uh, Common Sentai Bat X Five, though. It's hard. I don't want to see. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to see Jake. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't want to see Rangers that most of the fandom really doesn't give a crap about. I mean, every Ranger's important, but I don't want to see Jason because I'm pretty sure that the actor doesn't even want to have anything to do with Power Rangers anymore except getting money from fans. But <laughs> but no, I, I want to see people who we haven't seen in a while. So I'd be fine with not seeing Emily or Mike or people from last season. Yeah, I like the samurai actors, but I, I think that I can genuinely say, like, I don't want to see Emily. I don't want to see right. Mia. I don't really want to see Kevin. I wouldn't mind seeing some of those folks, but like those aren't the ones I want to see. Sure. The only person I can think of that I like straight up don't like, my mind keeps going back to Merrick. That's it. But oh, I don't like him. Yeah, I don't need to see that. Yeah. But even then, like, I don't know, even people that I never really liked that much, if if they made the effort to bring that actor back and the actor did, I'll be like, okay, well, you're redeemed a little bit in my eyes for having been willing to come back and maybe they could write something good for them. But I also really don't like yeah. Merrick, so I... i feel like you and i bonded over this at some point i think we did too yeah i think we did that's a good clarification derek i will very much appreciate and respect any actor who agrees to come back it just doesn't mean i want to see your character sure (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to see omega rangers light ball form (laughs) oh my gosh i want to unsee that actually if you're gonna bring back omega ranger bring back that guy you saw two seconds at the end of spd and give him a couple lines and people be like who are you i'm sam i'm the omega ranger (laughs) yes so angelo colby at super ranger asked what rangers would you guys like to see in both boom comics shattered grid event and Hyperforce. I would like to see some more on the A-Squad Rangers in the comics, and then Bridge on Hyperforce. If Matt Austin comes back as Bridge for Hyperforce, I will watch that stuff live. There are so many reasons why Bridge on Hyperforce is a fantastic idea. (laughs) So I will second and third and fourth and fifth that, Angelo. For Shattered Grid, anyone? That's not Mighty Morphin. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, I, I absolutely have no expectations for this Shattered Grid other than I know it's going to be epic because they've already proven that they can do amazing storylines. So, you put any ranger in that crossover, I know that they're going to do that character justice. And Kyle Higgins has already said SPD is one of his favorite seasons, so if SPD is not in Shattered Grid, I'm done. (laughs) I actually, okay, so I actually think that what I want to see in Shattered Grid is something where I'm going to set myself up for disappointment because I think that in Shattered Grid we will see some semblance of every single team in some way, right? Mm -hmm. So even if we don't see every ranger, I think we will see at least a ranger from every team. The one exception being one of the things that I that's probably like on my wish list, which is to see Hyperforce Rangers in Shattered Grid. And I think the only reason we might not get that is because... 
I wouldn't be surprised if there was some sort of complicated rights issue hmm. over putting Hyperforce Rangers into the Boom oh. comics because they aren't from the TV show. They're from something else. So even though they're canon within the universe of Power Rangers, I wonder if Boom only has the rights to use characters from the television show Power Rangers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. That's where I, I hope to see them, but I, I will not be at all surprised if if they're the only Ranger team like left out. I'm ready for anything 25th anniversary. Same. <laughs> Bring Same. all of them back. Bring every single yeah. Ranger awesome fan favorite crappy or not. Bring them all back. <laughs> Give us all of them. Yeah. All yeah. 140 yeah, no, bajillion of them. Just do it. Juan Carlos Sanchez at Orange SPD Ranger asks, what is the next Power Rangers series? I think he meant Sentai that you hope that Saban Brands adapts. To me, this is easy. They're not going back to any skip seasons. I think they're going full-on Q-Ranger for 2019. I agree with your prediction, but what I want is I do want Zuoger. I just know it's not going to happen. Zuoger <laughs> would be such an amazing departure, like costume-wise and concept-wise. <laughs> yeah. And... All the stuff that they did for the Juman world, like the Zuman, Juman, whatever the hell you pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, all the blocky stuff. Man, they could have easily made that some weird video game Jumanji thing for Power Rangers. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. they, they really could have. Yeah. Yep. Like, all those attacks in Juoger, it had, like, that pixelated gaming feel when the Zords formed, it was like the one, two, three, and the video game type of thing. Man, they could have made a video game season of Power Rangers with animals. I just imagine what Disney would have done with the source material that is Juoger. Like some of their concepts in the Disney era were really, like, really, really strong, yeah. and I think they would have come up with something really interesting, like teenagers working at a zoo. Like, you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> They would have come up with some sort of really, really cool setting for that. But yeah, I mean, they're not going to do it. It's it's going to be Q-Ranger. Yeah. I'm pumped for another for a space season. I'm ready oh, for that. Yeah. Like a legit space season. So I'm okay with that. I'm so okay with it. I want it to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> so we asked in our Ranger Nation answers, what are your thoughts on Power Rangers Ninja Steel finale? On Facebook, Charlie Shield said... Well, I don't exactly want to punch it in its stupid face hole. So, yeah, improvement, I think. <laughs> I love that comment so much. <laughs> Scott Keaton said, not bad. <laughs> Over on Twitter, Bud Crown Emoji at Male Cinderella says, What civilian powers would you give the Ninja Steel Rangers? I thought the finale was good, but could have been better if Monty and Victor had some logical way of escaping instead of farting their way out of the situation. Yep. Also, has uh, has Ninja Dad been making all the stars or the prism? I don't know. Oh, there's some interesting <laughs> questions in there. Yeah, civilian powers. Well, Preston already has magic. Ninja powers. I want them to have ninja powers. Yeah, just standard ninja powers. <laughs> That's good for a ninja season. Yeah. Like, oh man, God. Here's another thing I thought of. What if they found some Ninja Storm scroll or some junk? Oh, that would have been so good. What if they use some of the same, like, Wind Ranger techniques? Ah, oh, oh, don't awesome. get me started. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Also, um, the whole Ninja Dad comment for Dane, that's kind of like a new, like, philosophical question. Like, I know that the prism was kind of sentient before, but what if this whole time, like, it was the dad saying, hey guys, I'm trying to help you out in my own (laughs) weird spirit way. Yeah, that'd been cool. See, it adds a whole nother twist to this thing where it's like, okay, so your spirit was trapped in there or your body or what? Yeah, Bud showed up to the Let's Rewrite Ninja Steel party that we've been having for like the past two hours. He's he's there with us. Yellow at Mr. Yellow uh, said, it was actually decent and felt like a real series finale, but I still don't understand why they didn't verify that the ship was destroyed. Kelson Ranger is best Ranger, and I agree. <laughs> Matt Hunt at the real Matt Hunt, I believe, uh, in response yes. to that, said, "I agree. It was fairly solid. The real problem is Galvanax came off as a joke, which he is. But you'd still like to see the bad guys putting up some sort of fight. Kelson as a Ranger also elevates everything else about the episode. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Mirror at Nightmare Ten says it was okay. Whatever buildup of tension they finally decided to throw in the in the episode before it." And even this one, I felt, was always resolved too quickly and or had little payout. Except for Mick. Definite highlight. Dane returning and everyone adjusting quickly was strange. It was. Yeah. Jen Nguyen at Mini Moon 13-2002 said the finale was good. My favorite moment was the three Red Rangers and Kelson finally donning a real Ranger suit. He deserves it and waited for it for 10 years since SPD. Amen. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. Gary at GBakes93 said, wait, it ended? Goes back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Brevar Jr. at Kid Flash DBN said, it was good. I enjoyed it. Sentai 5 Christmas form at Sentai 5 said, with a few changes, they could have easily ended the season right there. Otherwise, it was mediocre at best. Just like the season. Solomon D at Sallyman underscore D said, I thought it was cool. The best part was Mick becoming a ranger, more so having to do with Kelson Henderson being an official ranger, and less with the season's plot. LOL. At Bumika underscore Mitra uh, said, Kelson as Red Ranger was the best part of the finale. Kissy face, kissy face, hard heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well deserved. Edward Sanchez (laughs) at Edwards the Man said, I think the finale was good, in my opinion, but my favorite part was Mick becoming a Red Ranger, and that was so epic. Hashtag Ninja Steel, hashtag Power Rangers, hashtag Ranger Nation. Angelo Colby at Super Ranger said, I think the Ninja Steel finale ended up being pretty average, like most of the season. In some interviews with Peter, he has said that the story is really going to pick up next season, and like, I trust Peter, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it. Pretty much, (laughs) yep. Yep. Over on Instagram, Mr. Mike Canada said, didn't watch it personally as it was spoiled a while ago. It was true. And finally, mm. Common Sentai Bat X5 said, haven't seen it yet as it's not on Netflix yet, but going by the French spoilers, I'd say it was okay. Great to see Kelson finally becoming a real ranger, red at that. I have a weird question. Okay. I know that Kelson and Dane are officially red rangers, but is there some way to like verbally distinguish which one we're talking about or do we just have to say like red ranger but like dane or red like <laughs> or just say their name you know what I mean? is it like the red silver ranger uh-huh. or like the red gold ranger here's a funny thing that happened in the finale because when it was brody mick and Haley doing their attack yes. they said 
Red, silver, white. Red, silver, attack. white. Yeah. That's why I thought about it. Because at first I was like, oh, I wonder if we're going to officially consider Kelson a silver ranger, even though he's very obviously a red ranger. But Dane is a, wears a gold sash, so we can't right, do that. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, I don't know. It's just an interesting... I was thinking about that. They're, they're all red rangers. I'm not trying to take that away from anybody, but just in distinguishing them. Sure. Because, like, Quantum Ranger has a, a separate name. Right. But I'll always argue that he's a Red Ranger. And whenever he's on anniversary stuff, he is counted as a Red Ranger. Right. So right, right, right. I do consider them fully Red Rangers. They're all Red Ninja Power Stars. But yeah, yeah. I don't know what their title is. Like when they say Ninja Steel, Red Ranger. Wait, but which one? <laughs> <laughs> and you can't say Red Mick Ranger, a Red Dane Ranger. Hey, yeah. there's our identities out in the wild. So yeah. I, I have no idea. And you can't say like Red Silver Ranger or like Red Gold Ranger. It doesn't feel right. Was there like a cool Japanese name for them? In oh, Ninja? sure, because in Japan it's all like a whole nother language. <laughs> wait that, did, okay. that didn't like, come out right hold on let me <laughs> no no i know what you mean though i know what you mean <laughs> no but like in nininger spoiler alert they're all red rangers because it's a family thing right yes so they're different generations it is different generations yes so are they like called something based on that actually they're not it's like ninin red right oh they're all just called ninin red no they're all called aka ninja which means oh aka ninja yeah. yeah that was dumb so me. they they are all aka ninja that's what their oh, title okay. is well guess they're all red ranger then and how they do it like at least in ranger wiki they say Aka Ninja, and then parentheses the name of the character. And that's how they did it oh. for Power Rangers Ninja Steel. They had Red Ranger Mick, you know, in parentheses. Red Ranger Dane. Okay. So they're all just the Red Ninja Steel Ranger, I guess. <laughs> hey, that's cool. It's a very good question. I know how much we love to distinguish things. Yeah. Right? The fandom nearly had a conniption when Power Rangers Ninja Steel's title was released because it's the same initialism <laughs> as ninja storm so i'm just asking the questions everybody's thinking about that's totally fair yeah but yeah i mean it even makes sense like in a battle situation it's like all right red ranger go get him and it's like all three of them attack, or... <laughs> and they can't yell out like yo dane son <laughs> yeah dad or yo teach <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait, that means he's a teacher. Teachers work at schools. Ah! It's gotta be Mr. Whatever. Mr. Mick. <laughs> no, Mr. Canick. Remember. Mr. Canick? Oh, that's right. Mi- Mick Canick. <laughs> yeah. So clever. Power Ranger names, too. All right. Ranger Nation. It's almost been three hours. Let us know what you think. Have questions. <laughs> Email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com. Or you can check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph, Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. Derek, if people want to find you online, where would they go? They can go to Twitter at Derek B. Gale, D-E-R-E-K-B-G-A-Y-L-E. Doug, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Ikibooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y, and at Victory Road Pod. Yeah! Thank you guys so much for joining me to talk about Power Rangers Ninja Steel because 
my co-hosts have abandoned it long ago. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks to you guys, I don't think it's as much of a burning fire train wreck (laughs) as other people do. So I really appreciate the perspective that you guys have given me on the season. Mission accomplished. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And we will be back to review the final episodes of the holiday specials. And I feel we're going to have a really polarizing discussion on this. Oh boy. We should just do them in reverse order. Just saying. (laughs) So we should get Christmas out of the way first. From what I've heard, maybe. Hmm. But I don't know. I still have to watch it. Yeah, same. Yeah, me too. So, I'm just going by what I heard. It could be very well executed. Yeah. Ranger Nation, we will see you next time this month. And then, yeah, we're going to be closing out 2017 in our our fourth year as a pug. Well, end of the third year, but like a full... Entering. Entering the, the fourth year, so... Get psyched for Power Rangers Survivor. I'm already psyched for it, especially how the hell we're going to do that train wreck of an episode, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. How are we going to adapt it? We'll adapt it better than Ninja Steel Riders, that's for sure. True. We used dice for our Power Rangers Survivor, and on this uh, last episode, that's pretty much what they did, too. So, great. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. We will see you later. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphing Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at rangercommandph, and like us on facebook.com slash rangercommandpowerhour. Hour.